This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right now, weekly initial jobless claims, a much lower than expected, 198,000. Let's talk about it with Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. You can find him online at andrewbush.com. Andy, let's begin with just sort of nuts and bolts on what we're seeing in this report. Yeah, I mean, it was a good number. Uh, It continues to show the uh, rapid improvement in the job situation in the United States since the outbreak. But I think what we have to keep in mind is there's one area that's that's always going to be subject to COVID and Omicron or whatever virus mutation we have out there, and that's leisure and hospitality and transportation. Um, we already know that there's been a lot of flights that have been canceled from major airlines due to not being having enough crews or ground crews ready to go, but also, you know, bars, restaurants, hotels, um, those are all subject to, you know, the throes of COVID. So that's one area that I want to keep an eye on. And, and you know, just when we look at like the JOLT survey, job openings and closings, there's, there's 11 million jobs open in the United States right now. So we're not going to see a deterioration in the unemployment situation anytime soon. And that sort of job volatil- volatility has to have an impact on the wider economy, right? There's just a, a level of uncertainty there. Yeah, I mean, if we look into 2022, you know, there's a range of expectations for what growth could be. It could be as low as 3.8%. It could be as high as 5.2%. It really depends on what people's reactions to the latest outbreak in the virus is. Um, Do they just ignore it? Can we deal with it? Um, Is it less virulent than Delta? I mean, those are things we just don't know. And as we get into the first quarter, we'll have a better glimpse of that. But from where I sit right now, I think we have a very, very strong growth situation for 2022 in front of us. And uh, talking about uh, these people who are, you know, obviously many people on the unemployment line, but a lot of people working as well. Uh, the fact that employers are having such a difficult time hiring people, what does that do to wages and the pressures on companies? I mean, they need employees and yet they're having to pay them more. Yeah, you know, uh, labor shortage is one of my top five challenges for 2022 that we have up on the website. Um, and, it, and it is really symptomatic of the explosion in growth, the return of growth uh, in our economy and the demand for all these goods that are out there uh, by consumers. So, you know, we just can't meet it. Uh, we can't just meet it yet. So we need a lot more employees to come back. Um, we haven't seen that. We're starting to see some of it in that key age range between 18 and 64, but it's been pretty slow, Cisco. And I think there's a lot of people that started jobs or started their own businesses. There's a lot of people that have, you know, 
either um, kids that they have to take care of or elderly parents that they have to take care of that don't want to come back full time. So there's a lot of moving parts to that situation with the labor shortage, but I expect it to improve as 22 uh, as 2022 goes on. And I'm, I'm thinking for employers that do need new employees right now, uh, they have to be a little skittish given the fact that all it takes is something like Omicron and it, it could upend their business, at least temporarily. Yeah, and that's the challenge, right? Because you don't know what people's reaction is going to be. You know, if you're tied to leisure and hospitality and transportation, you know, you have to be pretty cautious about hiring new employees right away because you don't know if all of a sudden you get shut down again. Good example is the state of Hawaii. Um, Last year, they shut down um, all conferences and meetings over like four people. And that's statewide. So, that's the thing where you get really nervous about conventions and leisure and hospitality is if states overreach on shutting down for COVID. And that's that's the really unknown out there that we have to deal with. Thanks so much for all of the inside. Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. You can find him online at andrewbush.com. JetBlue says it will cancel nearly 1,300 flights through January 13th because of Omicron related sick calls. This comes after a host of canceled flights and delays disrupted air travel over the holiday weekend. Ken Goldstein's joining us, president of KJG International Consulting here in Chicago. Uh, Ken, want to talk about kind of the, the overall impact here, but let's begin specifically with JetBlue. Uh, what are they saying? What kind of cancellations are they announcing? Well, they're canceling approximately about 1,280 flights through the 13th of January, but the good impact for the listeners is is that JetBlue is not a major factor here in Chicago. JetBlue's major bases are New York, Boston, and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So they've got an an impact on Chicago, but not a great deal. Uh, If United or American were going to do it, that would be major for us in Chicago. But there is an impact on Alaska Airlines flying from Seattle to Chicago. And that concern is they're canceling a bunch of flights because of the bad weather they had out there and asking flyers to postpone or push their flights back two to three days so they don't get into this problem of canceling and have people waiting for flights. And uh, when we're talking about the kind of the wider picture here, I mean, overall, we're talking several thousand flights canceled. And when that happens, it's not like you can just put those people on other flights. No, the problem that we've got is, and this is always with the airlines, you know, once they start to cancel flights, delays and things like that, it snowballs. And of course, with the the travel period now, which is peak for everyone and people all over the place trying to get back to where they started, this could be a major impact. But again, some things, let's try to put it from a standpoint to be positive. Uh, the suggestion to listeners is try to get onto a, f- a site called Flight Aware. This way you, you can get alerts about flights either being canceled or if they're going to fly or if they're being delayed. The other one, if you get some more information, it's called Flight Radar 24, and that's a very good site as well. But the Flight Aware, the airlines uses and the news media uses is to keep you advised. Uh, the problem, the other way to probably resolve it, and you're just talking about it, is to do for domestic travel mandate that you have to be vaccinated to get on a plane. We don't want to run into a situation that apparently someone was flying from um, from Chicago to Reykjavik, Iceland, back on the 20th of December. She tested herself on the airplane, 
and found out she, had, she was positive, and she spent five hours in the laboratory flying back. And, of course, the crew knew about this, but these are things that we got to be careful about. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's sort of a challenge here because we want to keep the flights moving. You you have uh, airline executives saying they think we can take the masks off on the planes. Uh, so it's, it's you know, still kind of a, a, a touch-and-go situation. Well, to, the, the, to that comment, and it was made by the comment, um, president of American, the president of Southwest, Gary Kelly, and he walked it back. Masks have to be kept on planes. We need to mandate vaccinations beforehand. And the best way to put it is, in kind of summary, is the president of the flight attendants union said the airlines replacing when the CDC said we can cut back to five days and ten days of quarantine, replacing safety or business necessities, if you will, over safety. And that's not good. So we got to get people wearing masks, getting them vaccinated and getting tested before they get on plane so we don't run into problems that we've had. Thanks so much, Ken Goldstein, president of KJG International. For your future, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. 24% of Americans say they do not have a retirement strategy. Are you one of them? How can you get things started? Joining us now, Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner, founder of Engage Wealth Group. Uh, Ed, it's always good to have you on the show. So when we're talking a retirement strategy, this, this is just a plan for how you're going to save? Yes, yeah, Cisco, that, that number is not uh, shocking to us in the profession because we see this often, that you know, if you're young, you may think you have enough time and may delay saving, and if you're old and haven't saved, you may think it's too late. And first and foremost, just start now. Just start today. That's the biggest element to, to what we're trying to accomplish here, is just do something, whether it's saving in a retirement plan in your company or on your own. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the company plan, just start putting something in there and, and then at some point worry about exactly where it's going? That's exactly it. So there's target date funds within a lot of the different company retirement plans. Just start simple. It can be overwhelming and intimidating, but again, just starting is the key. And again, you've got over 50% of companies with 100 or fewer employees have no retirement plan, so you're truly on your own. So seek out ways, whether through a traditional IRA or Roth IRA, to start saving for today and for tomorrow. And then just keep it going on a regular basis. It's not the sort of thing you do once and then think about doing again next year. Exactly. I think the number one tip that I can give your listeners is to save a percentage of your income and not a flat dollar amount. And the reason for that is that the more you make over time, the more you're going to save and you're going to put that money away rather than using those extra dollars to spend more. So what are are some pieces that actually sounds like one of them, but what are some pieces to creating a retirement strategy for people who haven't done it? Yeah, so one of the things, if you've got, if you're going to seek the guidance of a financial professional, make sure they're held to a fiduciary standard, meaning that they're legally obligated to put your interest first and foremost and disclose all fees. That's important because you want to make sure you're engaging with someone who is looking out for your best interest. And then the other thing that I would mention is just to have a simple written plan. Try to figure out your spending plan. I don't like the word budget, but a spending plan. How much you've got coming in in terms of income and how much you've got going out in expenses and pay yourself first. So that is the key. So, you know, if you can automate your savings, again, into either your company plan or an outside IRA plan, that is a great way to start. 
Always good advice from Ed Jertson, certified financial planner, founder of Engage Wealth Group. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are higher just barely, though. The Dow up 16. The NASDAQ is up 93. And the S&P is up 6 points. Let's find out what's going on. Matt Shapiro is here, president of MWS Capital here in Chicago. Matt, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Uh, well, kind of a nice, cheery coast in to the end of the year. And, uh, you know, listeners out there, uh, would you believe, Cisco, over the past three years, the stock market has literally doubled in value? So the S&P 500 up 100% through this year. Um, I don't think anybody would really think about it considering all the just dramatic the pandemic and the, and the tumultuous times we've had. But, but here we are and uh, looking like we're going to have a kind of quiet finish. Obviously, tomorrow, last day of the year, can always be a little a bit of a whipsaw. But for now, actually underneath, uh, the markets are mostly higher, but kind of a strong day underneath. What are you thinking about 2022? Where do you think we're heading, especially in the first few months of the year? Well, of course, there's going to be two schools of thought. There's lots of concerns with the, the pandemic, uh, you know, the federal debt, um, but at the same time, uh, gross estimates are very strong, about three, three and a half percent globally. Com credit is good. Employment is good. Uh, you know, company profits are not going to be year over the year as big as they were coming out of the closing for the pandemic. Uh, so two schools of thought. Evaluations are on the higher side. Of course, a lot of clustering in those large cap decks. Can they all really be worth, you know, one, two, or three trillion dollars, Cisco? So kind of a crosswinds for next year. We'll just have to see how it comes. One thing I can assure investors is that the markets do well over the long term, but there are always corrections and pullbacks. Yeah, that's an important reminder because uh, especially newer investors get a little skittish during those pullbacks. Uh, they're sort of acting on the assumption that markets go higher all the time. They don't. They wouldn't go. I like to say they wouldn't go up if they didn't always go down sometimes. So thinking about particular sectors that you would be advising people to take a look at for the new year? Well, a couple stocks that we've bought recently are in a sort of have been, you know, it's tough to reach for every single stock right now. I mean, do you buy Google up here? Do you chase Tesla or something like that? But a couple stocks did fall on recent sort of decel earnings. That would be Adobe and DocuSign, two very important software companies. Now, so you buy them when they're down. We don't know if they're going to come back to their former glory prices, but you know, those are a couple different stocks that are down. Certainly if there is a pullback, we are looking at the household sort of names, your, your Caterpillars, Honeywell, Waste Management, Home Depot, stocks like that have done very well this year. And that's, I guess, maybe something to remind people of. They, they often go for the sexy stocks, right? You know, the, the big names that everyone's talking about, that people enjoy having conversations about. But sometimes it's some of those old standbys where you can really make good money over the long run. 
Yes, if you if you just pick the right one, and so there's a subtle chemistry, Cisco. You know, not not of the ten sort of classic Disney kind of stocks. Not all of them are going to work out, but some of them just keep on going. Uh, good cases, Texas Instruments, which makes analog chips very well known, has just been an outstanding stock this year. So we like to mix those old school names. Try to find the right one. You don't know which one's going to work any particular year. With, of course, we certainly own the alphabets and and apples of the world. World as well. Yeah, but that's why you don't go and just put it all on Apple. You're, it sounds like you're talking about diversifying. Yes, yes. So we also diversify quite a lot into fixed income. So that's, you know, as, as uh, listeners out there, as you get older, uh, as your 401k grows, um, your retirement needs change, you want to look, start looking at bonds. Now, right now, rates are relatively low, but if you look at diversified uh, credit bond funds, you know, you can get rates towards the 4%, which is actually pretty good when interest rates are effectively zero in the bank. Is there a, a, a place for a defensive portfolio, at least a chunk of your portfolio, just about all the time when you're in a volatile environment like this? Yes, it is both that fixed income. We've also been trying gold as sort of like a cash part of that fixed income pairing. Um, so just having somewhat less stocks, also utility stocks, which pay good dividends, didn't do so well this year, but they're coming back quite nicely. So again, you don't have to be 100% in the S&P 500, something like 70% stocks, 30% uh, bonds and defensive things tends to be a pretty good um, long-term balance for most people. Thanks so much, Matt Shapiro. Happy New Year to you, President of MWS Capital. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Hey, it's Technology Thursday on the Noon Business Hour. Today, we're looking at tech trends to keep an eye on heading into the new year. Joining us, Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media. Paul, let's begin with 5G technology. We've been hearing about this for a lot. I mean, we're now told that there's all these new phones that are sold with the capability. Uh, what is it? What can we expect from it? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, what it is, is is obviously the fifth generation of cell phone technology, generally speaking, called 5G. And what it really means, <clears throat> pardon me, is, is high speed. And high speed relative to the prior network, 4G, it's about 5 to 10, depending on the, the uh, towers and the service you're in, 5 to 10 times faster. Meaning, if you want to download a whole movie, it'll take you a few seconds in a pure 5G environment. Now, that's extremely exciting. It also means streaming won't back up the network. It means that you can enjoy a movie while you're mobile. Those are all great. But really, the biggest opportunity for 5G is in enterprise. Um, companies are setting up uh, private networks, uh, private 5G networks deployed across organizations or regions or campuses. And what's going to happen is that those factory, the factory floor automation that we've talked about a lot, where the robots are sort of taking over the, the factory floor, those robots need to communicate very quickly with the central server. With 5G, it's enabling that. So enterprises are really going to be the biggest source of growth with 5G. And that's, that's a big benefit we're all going to experience uh, in, in a lot of ways. People love the idea of, uh, of video, right, being quick and, and not dragging the system down. I'm wondering that people are thinking, okay, so that's great. Every time there's an upgrade, everything goes faster. And then, I don't know, six months or a year down the line, it's back to being slow again. Uh, does this change at all uh, the, the future where things will continue to be quick? 
I think the, the short answer is yes, it will be quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, some of it will be um, palpable. In other words, you'll be able to sense it yourself. Another, other things are going to be affected directly by this improvement, though. The speed you're going to be experiencing isn't just, hey, I got to watch a movie, and now it feels a little slower six months later, which we will feel. Uh, we're all getting spoiled. But the other thing that's going to happen is in, say, for example, uh, self-driving. We've talked about, talked about trends for 2022. Autonomous vehicles require tons of communication. There are sensors all over those vehicles for, for good reason. They sense their environment. They are now going with AI as, as a helpful um, supporter of that. They're making very fast decisions about, is that a pedestrian? Is that a dog? Is that a pedestrian and a dog? Which direction are they going? All those decisions made by vehicles require huge amounts of data traded from the vehicle itself to servers and everywhere else. And so that kind of 5G network serves that kind of throughput, which is extremely high. So that's one benefit that we're all going to see, uh, depending upon your perspective, vehicles driving around without uh, people in them safely because they're making good decisions. So artif uh, artificial intelligence, obviously, dealing with those vehicles that you're talking about. But AI is it's going to be driving any kind of, I mean, aircrafts, boats, uh, also the cars that you've been talking about. I mean, anything that moves, AI is going to have a hand in it. That's exactly right. And one of the benefits of AI and the thing that's sort of, you know, maybe dystopian, a little scary, maybe exciting. We all talked about it. Uh, you and I have talked about it in the past. You know, a, a, an airplane that takes off, a commercial aircraft that takes off and lands is in large part being driven by a, a robot. In other words, that is say uh, an AI supported, meaning it's making decisions based on environment. Great. So we're all pretty comfortable with that. But there are three, basically, you should know the three kinds of AI. One's artificial narrow intelligence, which is basically just the machine learning to get better to solve one problem. Artificial general intelligence, machine intelligence, refers to computers that are as smart as a human across the board. That's kind of where we're headed when it comes to a vehicle making human-like decisions. And finally, artificial super intelligence, brace yourself, machine consciousness. In other words, a machine that's aware of itself. I'm not sure, knowing my 13-year-old's decision-making process, I don't know that he actually has self-awareness, but if I have a machine <laughs> out there that has self-awareness and my kid doesn't, I'm a little scared. We're not there yet, but that's potentially where we're headed. Yeah, little by little, you're right. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about uh, the metaverse. We've touched on that several times on the show. Uh, the fact yeah. that it's not just about gaming. It's, you know, People are going to be doing a lot of things in there. Yeah, it's, it's an environment. Now, this is something that's very important in a time when we've all been talking about this, unfortunately, for the last couple of years now. COVID has really restricted in-person uh, gatherings um, to, to varying degrees. But the metaverse and artificial intelligence that's driving it is essentially a digital place. You'd see it through a computer screen or through your phone or other, other screens. Um, but there, it's a place we can all, quote, gather together that will feel more and more not totally, but more and more human. So the metaverse is really all these systems being set up so that we can work and play together. It's a virtual world. It's not the real world, obviously. But it's one that includes, for example, things that look like you, things that move like you, and maybe things that move like you independently of you if you're taking a nap. So, um, you know, you, you've, we've all seen somebody turn off the video screen during a conference call, and we have a sense that they may be checking their email. Well, now maybe we have um, little avatars out there during a meeting uh, looking like they're involved, but maybe they're not. Um, so there's, there's ups and downs. But really what's happening is a virtual universe, which we're all going to experience. Uh, directly very soon. Thanks so much, Paul Hockman. Always good to talk with you. President of Humongous Media. 
the best daily deal in Chicago. The WBBM Noon Business Hour. Stock buybacks are poised for a record year after cratering in the first half of 2020. Joining us, Mark Halbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com. Mark, for the newer investor, what is a stock buyback? Well, a buyback is, uh, in one sense, exactly what it sounds like. It's when a company purchases its shares in the open market. So let's say you or I own shares of Apple or Facebook or any of the other stocks. So the company decides to buy back shares. We may end up having our shares bought back by the very company that we've invested in. And basically the way to think about it is that it's one of several ways in which a company can return cash to shareholders. The more traditional way, of course, is dividends. But in, uh, in the event the company decides it doesn't want to increase its dividend, it can instead just repurchase some of its shares in the, uh, in the open market. And other things being equal, of course, it will cause the price to, to go up, which is why a lot, of, a lot of investors celebrate it when they hear that a company has announced a buyback program. So is this a win-win for both the company and those who've invested in it? That's a very controversial question. It turns out that um, in one sense, you could say other things being equal, it's a good thing for investors, but rarely are other things being equal. And one of them is that at the very same time that companies are buying back its shares, it's often issuing new shares to insiders as part of compensation that they provide to those uh, corporate officers and directors. That's who the insiders are. And so it turns out that if you actually look, and you have to look fairly closely in the, in the balance sheet or the, the forms that the companies will file with the SEC, you can see how many shares are outstanding. And ironically enough, in many years in which companies have announced huge share buyback program, very publicly and gotten a lot of publicity for doing so, at the end of the year, they still have the same number of shares outstanding as they did at the beginning of the year. And that's because on the one hand, they're issuing new shares almost at the same pace that they're buying them back. That's really interesting. Uh, tech companies, at least recently, tech companies seem to, to really be doing this buyback strategy. Why would that be? Well, because I think a lot of companies, I mean, we're seeing this recently, for example, Elon Musk very publicly has said that uh, he has to exercise options that he got uh, a number of years ago. And usually that uh, does, doesn't always, and I don't know really, I don't want to talk about Tesla's internals right now because I don't know, but it turns out in many cases what a company will do is let's say uh, you exercise options. You're the CEO of a company, you exercise options to buy stock, the company has to issue those shares that you're going to buy. And so uh, in one sense, the way in which uh, buybacks are, uh, are so robust right now is because not so publicly companies are issuing shares to their, to their insiders. Thanks so much. Always good insight. Appreciate talking with you. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle.
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.